Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Welcome back to the Surge Strength Podcast, everyone. I'm so excited if you have not gone already to the new Surge Strength website. Make sure you head there, surge-strength.com. There's a link in the show notes as well. And the website is fully live, operational now. There were just the last few last-minute bugs we need to fix over the last week or so, but all those are good. And now the Surge Strength Academy is fully open. So what does that mean? If you haven't listened to one of the previous podcasts about it or seen things on emails or social that we've been pushing out about it, The big thing in the Surge Strength Academy is two things, actually. Number one, you can enroll into the Surge Strength Academy for free, no cost, and take advantage of the Dryland 101 courses that we have. So right now in the Dryland 101 courses, there's one on how to write Dryland workouts, the best upper body exercises, the best lower body exercises, how to take an athlete and get them to be able to do a pull-up if they haven't, and then also the training core principles that we have in there. So all that is for free right now. So all you need to do is go to surge-strength.com, enroll now in the academy, create a profile real fast, and then you'll be able to go through those courses, the Dryland 101 courses in the academy. The other thing that you'll see in the Surge Strength Academy is you're gonna be able to enroll and earn your SSDC credentials. Now what does that stand for? The Surge Strength Dryland certified is what it stands for. So you can get certified in dry land. At this point, we have almost a hundred coaches that are working through this now worldwide. It's so awesome. And as kind of a way to celebrate the website finally being live, the academy being fully operational, we've obviously had a group of coaches working through it, kind of our, our beta version, if you will, over the last few weeks, months. I wanted to run another set of coupons and specials for you guys to join in with these other coaches. So here's a couple things that we have going on. Number one is if you sign up for the Surge Strength Dryland Certification by Monday night, July 27th at midnight, you'll get two free opportunities to join in on study sessions that we are having live via Zoom and you can submit questions even if you can't make it, time difference, other schedules, whatnot. But you can ask me direct questions to help you work through the curriculum and make sure you're understanding it. We're actually going to preview or you're going to kind of listen in on one of the study sessions later in the podcast. But this is a $100 value. You're getting it for free. But again, you need to sign up by Monday night, uh, July 27th at midnight and then you'll get free access to two upcoming study sessions as you're working through the Surge Strength Drown Certification. Number two, if you sign up between now and almost in July 30th, Thursday at midnight, you can save $100 on your enrollment fees by using the coupon code SSDC, the same credentials that you're gonna be able to put behind your name once you pass the final exam, Surge Strength Dryland Certified. So again, you can save $100 and get two study sessions for free if you sign up by Monday, July 27th at midnight. If you wait till Thursday, you can still save the $100, but you're gonna miss out 
on the study sessions there because those will expire on Monday. So two extra bonuses in the mix right now if you sign up in the next week or so, depending on when you're listening to this. And also, I want to do one more cool thing. Like I said, we have somewhere in the 90s the last time I checked in terms of people that are currently enrolled in the certification, which is just crazy to me because we just finally have the website live in terms of like actually being able to show it to people. So that's how hungry we saw coaches and other people out there were to increase their dryland knowledge, especially during the lockdown where there's nothing else that they could do but dryland. So what I wanted to do, again, we're somewhere in the 90s, uh, in terms of people working through the certification right now worldwide, the hundredth person that enrolls and pays in the certification, we're gonna refund you your money back. You're gonna get it for free. So who knows who that's gonna be? It's probably gonna go really quick in the next few days here. Again, we're in the 90s somewhere. I think those are the low 90s. The last time I checked, I probably should have checked before I came on the podcast. But so somewhere within like less than 10 people sign up here. One of them, whoever's the hundredth person, will get completely refunded and get the certification for free as a way to just celebrate. Already, we've crossed 100 people trying to earn their SSDC, and the website just went live pretty much today, like 100%, so that's awesome. So we're gonna be changing up the Surge Strength podcast a little bit over the next week or so as we're trying to promote the site, and then we're going to be kind of doing what we're gonna to try to do this episode. We're gonna have a couple of things. So first off, just me bringing you up on updates, anything like that. But now what we're gonna do is what I told you about earlier is you are going to be able to sit in on one of those study sessions that we had with the current group of coaches that are trying to earn their SSDC. And we talk about, honestly, what's going on right now, the new realities of less water time with the COVID protocols and how dryland can actually help support and magnify the results of the swim training, especially if like it's getting cut in half or less. So those coaches brought up some questions related to what they're having to learn and work through in the curriculum. And so those are some of the discussions you're gonna hear on. We, this is not the whole study session by any means, but I just tried to pick out a couple points with that. And then in a following episode, you'll hear some more from this same, same study session. So remember, if you sign up by Monday, July 27th at midnight, that Monday night at midnight, you will get access to two study sessions like this where you can submit your very specific questions based on what you're learning in the Surge Strength Dryland certification curriculum. And we can make sure that you are able to put this knowledge to use in the best way possible. So let's jump on in. It's already in progress where I'm gonna jump it in. So just so you know, uh, into one of the study sessions here for the Surge Strength Dryland Certification. So Case had a good question here um, about reps and counting them. And I think a lot of people have the same question too. So his question is in, in relation to exercises that work one side at a time, how do you count reps? For example, you wanna hit 12 rep count for a push exercise and you do single arm bench. You need to do 12 reps per side or is it only six per side? So that's a really good question to not uh, be too confused about stuff like this. So number one, I would ask Casey, oh, are you really sure you want to be in the 12 rep count? Because if you guys have gone all the way through that, there, you should have a really good reason about why you're doing reps in that range. Because remember more than six, you're really getting out of the max strength. So that'd be the number one question. Number two, um, 
you would think about that since that is a, a unilateral exercise. So it's just one arm, one arm. You would go 12 on one arm, 12 on the other, if 12 is the reps that you're going for. So that's how you're going to do it on that because you're thinking, okay, musculature wise, even though there is some of that crossover education we're talking about, you're really just firing up this one. So counting 12 on one side, 12 on the other, and then that's still 12 reps that you're going to try to counteract with a pull exercise. So let's say you're doing a barbell row in where it's not single arm. Um, or if you wanted to, you could kind of make a rule. Okay, well, if I'm going to do a unilateral exercise on a push, I'm going to do a uni unilateral exercise on a pull, just so if you're thinking about it that way, not to get too confusing. But um, Casey, hope that helps. Do you guys have any follow-up questions on that or want more clarification on that question? You guys good? Cool. All right. And then we had uh, one more submitted by Donald. Um, Donald, I wish you were on because <laughs> your question is uh, information pertaining to level the levers from module three. So I'm not exactly sure what you're asking uh, about the different classes or if you want me to talk about it more. Um, but again, most of them in the body, they're going to end up being level three mechanical disadvantage. The muscle is going to have to work a lot harder versus the actual resistance there because of the mechanical disadvantage. Um, and then he said, also, can I get a Ritter t-shirt? Yes, we will do a reprint of these if you guys want some soon. <laughs> it is not on the top of the list right now. <laughs> but we will let you know. We'll probably do some surge strength ones too. Uh, but that is way at the bottom of the list right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get this cert up and done. Uh, all, all energy on that. So uh, that was the two questions that were submitted. So guys, if you have any questions... What are they? And feel free, you can uh, just unmute yourself or throw them in the chat, whichever you want to do. Everybody good? Rocking along? So, Chris, my, fa my, my biggest issue is, is I am a, uh, a COVID coach right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I've got – and I've been, I've been doing – I've been actually been doing Zooms – cobbling things together okay good for the last 15 weeks with That's my good good for you man it's great <laughs> so as i'm learning more it's getting more put together um, <laughs> hey, you know what i'm saying so now we're the down to eight, six and eight reps instead yeah, of the kids are like the kids are like this is a little different than when we started <laughs> well they're, they're they're a little bit like i don't know you know it's it's a little it's different for them let's just say right. that especially oh, yeah. the ones that have my national group who who's They've been with trainers. And, yeah. You know, we've kind of, kind of, it, it hasn't been a priority dry land, mm. you know, recently. You know, I'm in my, I'm in my sixth year. We started trying to cobble things together, yeah. you know, two years ago. But, you know, now, now is a great time to really, uh, to work through it. So last year I had, I had my training staff. I work at a YMCA. So I had my training staff doing it. But, you know, they'd come, they'd come down for practice from dry land, soaking wet, like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, now I know that's not right. Right, yeah, you know? you're not going to be doing a test set today. <laughs> yeah, so, so my biggest issue and my biggest concern is trying to work through the, the, the exercise list that you have yeah. with very minimal equipment. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the hardest thing right now. Yeah, so the other thing that I would add onto that too like you mentioned the reps vary. Um, so like push-up is a great example. Okay. And Jim Fry's going to know this better than everybody being in the military. Lots of push-up experience, I'm sure. But with the push-up, since you don't have uh, external weight, 
you know, how do you make that so hard, right? That, I mean, some go- boys, I'm sure they can knock out 20, no problem. And yeah. others are like struggling to do one good one. Yeah. So for something like that, I really use time under tension okay. to get it to the rep range that I want. It's not the, it's not the perfect solution, but in a case where like, if I have a boy, especially that can just knock out 20 pushups, I don't all the time want him to just do that many. I'd rather say, okay, hey, you only got to do six, but they're going to take you one minute to do, right. you know, and something right. like that. And, and you'd be amazed like how much harder that is sometimes than them just doing 20. So that'd be number one uh, tip when you're basically restricted to body weight a lot. I'm struggling really with late. the pull part. I'm struggling a lot with the yeah. pull. So the with that one, what you would probably, the best thing that, like, and this is what I'll say, I, I don't have a video for this. I probably should get a couple of videos for this, but if they have a towel, they're going to have a towel at home, right? And so yeah. basically you're going to be stuck with some isometric exercises. So basically I would say like get in a hinge position, have the towel under their feet, and then just engage like a bat wing almost yeah. and just try to hold and, and literally think, can I rip this towel, you know, yeah. and hold that for a few reps. That would be probably the easiest thing that anybody would have access to short of yeah. going to getting some bands and stuff. Well, like we're, they have a, they have a purchase list. I, the, the group I've been working with, um, I was kind of doing it free, you know, and I had mm-hmm. a, my, 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 my basic all stars were working together yeah. And then we started training last week as a team, paid training. So mm. today was the first day. Oh, okay. That I opened it up to everybody. Not a lot gotcha. of them came, but they didn't have equipment. So, you know, they've been asked to get bands, um, you know, two gallon water jugs, you know, yeah. there's, there's yeah. 8.8 yeah. pounds, a stability ball, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's really all I've asked for them to get. And they yeah. can pull on that and do all that stuff. But so, you know, the, that's that's the the main challenge I'm working through right now um, is is that you know being at home aspect and and knowing that you know when we do get back into the weight room it it may not be it may not be pleasant for them having to you know deal with all the guidelines right you no know? yeah yeah I really would lean a lot though on time under tension okay when you're dealing with the body weight like that's your biggest ally yeah and. So like even like, you know, something like a, a lunge where actually it's more like a split squat, but holding a split squat, even down in that bottom position yeah. where like the knee's just an inch yeah. or two off, like just holding that, relying on something like that, or just even like five seconds down, two second hold, five seconds well, up, you know? You funny you should say that. Funny you should say that because that's what, what we did today. I said, you're going to do everything <laughs> on a five, one, five. There you go. You know, you and go. they, they're like, oh, I'm like, no, five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One Mississippi. Yeah. 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 You can do it as fast as you want, but I just want to see you slow down. So, you know, that's good. Barry. I mean, it sounds like, honestly, like I know it's just a tough situation, but it sounds like you're on the right track. Like already thinking that way. And hopefully this has helped like some of the stuff. It's it's been good because the the kids that have been, and and I've had a a core group of about 12, uh, 15 and olders. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, maybe another 12 or so, 13 and below that have been together and they, and you can see the difference after 14 weeks. In That's the awesome. Yeah, you can, and I'm really happy and I thank you for the opportunity to, to get this material and do it because and, it's, it's really and, helped them. And think about that 
of that's at home under like the worst circumstances right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. minimal, no equipment. And if you yeah. already see a difference, like that's awesome. Well, we had that's a, awesome. you know, we had a, one of these crazy kids, but they, they've been, I've been, I've been getting, letting them race every once in a while. Yeah. Times a week. Kid went 22 five today, you know, and he's a, he's a 22 one. That's awesome. Off the that's awesome. So there's some speed. And I'm, granted the the time was right. taken on the phone so right. plus or minus but still i would i wasn't at practice today but that was the report i got i'm like oh i can't wait to hear about this one for three days you know but um so it was it's exciting to see that they're able to get in and swim fast because they have more control over the bodies i really think a teams like what you're doing barry who are, are trying to make dryland work as well as possible that's going to erase a lot of the missed water time. Like we can't replace it, but it's definitely going to help. And yeah. I feel like the longer, or once we actually get into like whatever a regular season looks like, whether it's this short course or more, you know, in 2021 yeah. or whatever, I feel it's going to be really <laughs> distinct among teams that, that valued and used dry land versus others that were just like, Hey, let's, let's just filler, you know, let's just, yeah. let's just get them sweaty or whatever. And, and not necessarily like, think about the foundational stuff and actually going to help translate into the water. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, case study to look at across teams and, and stuff like that. But yeah. Hey Chris, building on that, your thoughts on the, <coughs> do you think that as teams come forward and have to get through modified practice? So, so as an example, my team right now, uh, we're doing three, three to a lane and a five lane pool. Yeah. Um, but that we're moving to Albuquerque. My family is next week. So my daughter will be swimming with a new team. I'll, yeah. I'll eventually start coaching again with someone, but they're at 30 minutes per session right now, one kid in the water. And it, I'm wondering if, you know, as this goes along until it's totally gone with COVID and there's restrictions all over, do you see more of a balance between like a 50 50 where practices become a, a dry land and swim combo or, athletes and coaches become more reliant on dry land and you know maybe you do your warm-up as sort of an active warm-up like the kinds mm -hmm. of things you talk about and then you just get in and swim your 30 minutes and then you get out and do some of your strength work after that that's what's going through my mind is if i was to have to coach in that environment of 30 minute practice one kid at a time maybe five total kids in the water at a time i'd probably approach it that way yeah, no, Jim, that, that's a great point, and that's good you're down the road. I know I've talked to a couple coaches where um, they're, they're basically, you know, the pool time is obviously, all right, we're in, the, we're in the water now, that's great. And then based on the restrictions or whatever, sometimes their kids are doing the dryland at home, right? So they're still trying to keep it up at home, or maybe there is a situation where they can do dryland on the team, but like you said, it's going to be coming in shifts, right? Like, all right, you got three kids in this lane for 30 minutes, then you got to switch. Um, and yeah, if you want to maximize the water time, if all you got is 30 minutes, they better be warm by the time they hit that water. And you're like, all right, here we go. You know, first set, we're not around and, and wasting 10, 15 minutes on warm up. But yeah, I've definitely heard of coaches already doing some combinations of stuff like that. And I think, again, it's going to be the coaches that are able to adapt to that. Okay, I got 30 minutes with the kids in the water. What am I going to do? And then having to rely on dry land to support that training somehow because we all know, like, I mean, 30 minutes is 30 minutes. <laughs> it's not, you know, you could do some stuff, but it's still 30 minutes. Um, and so, yeah, you, being able to have dryland balance that out. And, I mean, even at the elite level, I know it's different from age groupers, but I remember there were some times where 
they were lifting just as much as they were swimming. Some of the drop dead sprinters like Colin and a couple other guys on that team elite where, you know, they, it really was a, a lot more even in a sense. And it didn't weigh all the time, but you know, certain flows where you're like, okay, we're really going to hit the weights harder. And so something has to give at that point. I think I, report, I can't um, remember at this point what I've talked about and what I'm going to talk about, but <laughs> at some point, you know, you need to compromise and say, okay, which one is the priority for today or this session? And right. that has to at least go a little one way or the other. You can't, you know, like Barry said, the example of, you know, the kids come down, they're drenched in sweat. Well, we know which one won that day, you know, like they, right. you're not going to get quality stuff out of them in the water. So, yeah, I think it's coaches learning to balance it and play off of each other and, and use it complimentary. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Awesome. All right, coaches, I'm not sure how much you can relate to that, what the coaches were talking about right there in the study session. I'm sure on some level, whether it's, you're just getting back into the water or your time is greatly reduced. But again, like I said in the study session, I think the teams that were able to use and lean on their dry land, especially in the few weeks or months that they were completely out of the water, the, the further we get into this new season, whatever it looks like, there's going to be a very big distinction, I believe, between the teams that were harnessing the power of dry land the best they could and those that were just trying to cobble it together, have a filler dry land. All right, let's just get the kids sweaty and not really think about what you're doing. So if you're not already signed up and ready to join those other coaches, make sure you go when you're done with this podcast, surge-strength.com and enroll in the academy. Uh, get certified, get enrolled in the Surge Strength Dry Land certification and save $100 too and get access to extra study sessions. There. Remember that coupon code, that you'll need to save the $100 is SSDC. All right, how we're gonna end the podcast here is dryland talk. So you know I love talking dryland. We're going to revisit an episode that I had with Scott Lemley of the University of Alaska Fairbanks, <laughs> way up there. And this was previously a few years ago on the Swim Coaches Base podcast. And we actually delivered surge strength team programs to Scott uh, virtually through app online. And then at one point he had me come up there and work with the team as well, assess them, get them ready for one of the upcoming seasons that we worked with them. But I want you to pay attention to Scott. I think three things pop out in this clip that we're going to play with Scott in my conversation is one, the importance of injury prevention is baked in and basically the number one reason why you're doing dry And that's what we talk about all the time in the surge strength dry certification in the curriculum is if you are not preventing injuries, and worse, if your dryland is causing injuries, you're going down the wrong road completely. The other thing that really stood out is Scott said, and you'll hear him, he says, I've lifted for 50 years. And Chris, I really learned a lot from what we were able to bring to the table. And so think about that. I doubt very many of you, if any, have been doing strength training for 50 years consecutively. So if Scott can learn a whole lot of stuff that applied to his team and help them have much greater success, I'm sure all of you listening can do the same. So make sure you enroll in the Surge Strength Academy. And whether it's just doing the Dryland 101 courses or you want to get your SSDC credentials. The last thing that Scott noticed, and again, this is a few years ago, so it's a little dated. It's talking about, you know, Phelps at the Olympics. But how the best swimmers in the world are now great athletes. And you couldn't say that across the board 10, 20 years ago, especially. Some of the great swimmers were really good athletes, but now all of the best swimmers are all great athletes. That's It's not a question anymore now. And sadly enough, you know, this episode is airing on the day before 
we should have been starting Tokyo 2020. And honestly, two of the best athletes in the world, Katie Ledecky and Caleb Dressel, actually, I'm sorry, I misspoke there. Two of the best swimmers in the world. See, you already know where I'm going. Two of the best swimmers in the world, Caleb Dressel, Katie Ledecky, they're both great athletes. And their dryland program is a huge part of their success and how they have been able to dominate their respective events for so long now. And it was, I mean, I'm bummed like all of you. I was ready to watch the show that both of them and all of the other great swimmers we're going to put on over the next week or so in Tokyo. But, you know, the next best thing is you guys can join the Surge Strength Academy and get some dryland knowledge, raise your dryland IQ. But anyway, that's just a little preview of Scott's conversation. And again, make sure you go to surge-strength.com. Use the coupon code SSDC, save $100, get enrolled in the certification enroll in the academy just even if you're going to do the dryland 101 courses remember the bonuses for that study session expire monday july 27th at midnight and then the hundred dollar coupon is going to expire july 30th thursday night at midnight all right so here's the conversation i had with scott scott if we can go back you know a few years ago i was able to come up and work with you guys and put together you know, a strength training program for the whole year. And and that was another thing you were interested in. Okay, I want to expand this. You guys didn't necessarily have, you know, a strength conditioning coach for the team. Talk to me about what that experience was like for you and the results you saw as a result of your team actually following a, a plan that I helped put together for the whole season. Well, you were working with the uh, Lewis and Clark uh, swim team. And, and uh, one of my best friends, Mike Miller, was uh, a part of that program for a long time. And he, uh, he talked about you constantly. He would say, coach, he'd call me up, he'd say, coach, <laughs> you got to look into this guy, Chris, he knows exactly what he's doing. And I'd say, well, you know, that's fine. Uh, I, I kind of, I lift every day. I know what I'm doing. Um, and that went, that went um, kind of one in one ear and out the other. And after several years of him kind of banging on me, I thought, <laughs> You know, I should probably listen to him because he's there on the ground watching you day in and day out. And so that's when I first contacted you. Uh, I was very impressed with your understanding of of uh, strength and conditioning. Um, and as I say, I lift every day. I've lifted. I have lifted, Chris, for fifty years. I am a devotee. Yeah. I know. I know what I'm doing for myself, <laughs> but I I quickly realized my limitations. I uh, didn't know as much as you did. And so, um, uh, I invited you to, uh, become our strength and conditioning coach and was so impressed that I flew you up here. Now, how often has a coach flown you on site right. to do that first <laughs> assessment? Not very often, Scott, you were the first there. Well, it, it was important to me. Um, and I think it was important to the athletes to kind of put a, a face and a, and a voice and a personality uh, to the role of strength coach, um, and uh, and and it was I think fabulously uh, successful. We we were stronger. There was no question about that. Um, and we also uh, were very successful successful in terms of injury prevention. And mm -hmm. anybody that listens to this interview, I hope that they take that uh, to heart that you're not just making your, your athletes stronger and in, in useful ways, swimming specific ways, but you're also going to 
uh, keep them from being injured. And if you're taking two steps forward and three steps backwards because of injury, uh, then you're not you're doing a disservice to your athletes. No, I, I think that's so good. The injury prevention part, you know, and like also, like you said, Scott, it's not that you didn't know anything about weights. I mean, you were lifting your whole life, you know, essentially and, and getting in shape. But it's OK, slightly different for maybe the athletes or maybe the females that aren't able to do pull ups. Like, how do we get them to be able to where they're doing pull ups? And a lot of that team went from zero or no, no pull ups to actually doing some pull ups and, and feeling pretty proud about it. Well, and and I was. I was a hard case to crack. I mean, I, I think you remember, I, uh, I questioned you very closely about this is as a pull up, a swimming specific, uh, movement. And you said no, but, uh, it is a strength, uh, to weight ratio movement. Mm-hmm. And it's also something that almost everybody can get better at. And, uh, it, there is, uh, a lot of value to it. And, and you won me over. You absolutely won me over. I, I, I was, I, I made you work for it. I, <laughs> I was not going to be uh, an easy sell, and uh, uh, and you sold me. And uh, we had a a great year. It was, uh, it was incredibly important to me uh, to trust you. And um, I've fixed uh, my own car, but if I have a big problem, I take <laughs> it to a mechanic. Uh, I do a lot of the work around my house. Uh, but when it comes to electrical, I don't want to electrocute myself. Right. I go to an electrician and in terms of strength and conditioning, um, I know my limitations and, uh, I will go to, uh, to a, not just a professional, but to the person, um, that comes, uh, highly recommended and not just highly recommended, but a personal recommendation. Um, Mike Miller and I have known each other, uh, had known each other for a long, long time, uh, since we were eight years old. And, um, uh, when he told me, uh, coach, this is what you've got to do. Uh, <laughs> I did it. And I, 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 was glad to do it. And that's just how he sounded too. Coach, <laughs> I, I can hear it now. I can hear it now. And I think too, is a big thing for you, your team being women's only. And I think we talked about this a little bit too, about, you know, they get a little bit stronger. They kind of have a little little pop in their step walking up behind those blocks. They look a little bit more confident. Their chest is a little bit higher. Their head's a little bit, all right, I'm I'm tougher. I can do this. And a little bit more grit is resolved as well. Well, and if I might, if I might bring that into the present, um, when I was watching the Olympics this year, uh, I watched it in, intensely. I, I watched it on my app where I got um, two Australian commentators and then I watched the NBC uh, uh, broadcast in the evenings where I got uh, Rowdy Gaines. Uh, I watched prelims, semis, and finals. I recorded it. I watched it in slow motion. Uh, I talked to other coaches about what I was seeing. And um, one of the things I saw was how athletic everybody was. And this is, Mm-hmm. You know, when you say this, if you're if you're talking to somebody who who doesn't know swimming well, you'll they might say, "Well, you're crazy. These are Olympic athletes. They're all athletic." Well, no, no. There there are people who are very gifted uh, in terms of being coordinated, and you know they may have uh, high levels of endurance. They may come with inherited gifts. But what I saw this year. In, in almost every case, and, and uh, I'll use the most um, uh, visible example, Michael Phelps, uh, the most celebrated uh, Olympic athlete in history, 
And if you look at a picture of him this year compared to what he looked like four years ago, oh, yeah. you would say to yourself, he looked soft mm-hmm. four years ago. <laughs> and that guy is an athlete. Uh, well, if he can do it, uh, and all of those female athletes that I saw really is what I was focused on. You know, I, I don't recruit high school senior right. male swimmers. I recruit female swimmers. And I saw some incredibly athletic women. Um, and, uh, and I chalked that up to strength and conditioning. Uh, uh, who, who was the, uh, iron lady? Can you tell me? Yeah. Katina. Yeah. Katrinka. Yeah, man. She was on a mission. Uh, and the big difference between her as a college swimmer, and she was a very successful college swimmer. Oh, yeah. It's nothing like she is now uh, as a world-class swimmer. She is the number one swimmer in the world right now today on the World Cup circuit. She has made over 100 thousand dollars in prize money because no one can beat her right (laughs) and the difference is she is fit and she is strong and she made that commitment uh a couple of years ago and uh anybody who knows swimming and and watch the olympics uh knows that um uh you know those two examples the number one female swimmer in the world and the number one male swimmer in the world are stronger now than they've ever been in the past and it shows